Good morning, good night, and good afternoon. Alright, let's get into the, the nitty gritty. I mean, it's been a rough, I guess, couple of um, couple days since our last episode. Of course, we had the um, unfortunate shooting of Jacob Blake down in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I think it was that night that we did the the actual that we did the last episode but since then a lot of teams started discussing well not a lot of teams but um the raptors and the celtics specifically since they had their second round matchup coming up they decided they were talking about there were talks of a, of a not a boycott but like a strike of sitting out that game um and then Game five between Orlando and the the Bucks came up, and since it happened in the Bucks hometown, they decided to um, they decided to sit out they decided to sit out that game prematurely. Um, Which is fair, you know, very fair. Um, and it caught the Magic, I guess, by surprise, and then we later found out that it it caught the whole league by surprise because. I'll get into that soon, but um, the Bucks decided to sit out. the The lead up to the to them actually sitting out actually kind of gave me vibes to the whole like when Rudy Gobert was the first person to get Corona because like it was like oh like what's going on right now like the Bucks didn't come out, mm-hmm. and then it was like it was like okay what's going to happen. Um, what's going to be repercussions of this? How long is this going to last? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So um, let me see in my notes real quick. Um, all the games that day and all the games today have been like postponed, and they'll be probably played on Saturday, as we later found out that they decided to continue with the playoffs. But before that, the players had a meeting last night with the coaches and eventually the referees as well about like what were the next steps they were going to take in order to like figure out a plan of what they wanted to accomplish because they felt like being in this bubble, they thought, well, I don't think they actually thought that wearing the messages on their jerseys or um, the, having the Black Lives Matter on the court was actually going to do anything, but they thought that them constantly engaging in those type of conversations and their press conferences and whatnot would be um, somewhat beneficial to their um, to their cause of like demanding for justice for like Breonna Taylor and now Jacob Blake. And since this situation happened, it's like they feel like nothing's been really accomplished. So they decided to sit out and actually put like more focus on what's going on over there, which I think is the right thing to do. So mm-hmm. um, before I get into like the meeting stuff, how did how did you feel about everything transpiring? Well, at first I was kind of worried that the season would get canceled again because, you know, it was not something that was not like discussed at the time. So I was scared for that. Um, at the same time, I understand, you know, because at the end of the day, they did agree that if they came back, you know, they would have to have certain changes and et cetera. And, you know, for a while, you thought things were changing for a while. And then, you know, we just right back to square one, sadly. And I do respect that the players are talking and stepping up for themselves because we live in a country where it's not like that. Even our own president, you know, don't even – I don't think he's addressed it yet. I'm not sure if he has addressed it yet. And I'm I'm pretty sure whatever he has to say is not positive. They did ask him about what he thought about the NBA players, I guess. Um, sitting I'm pretty out. sure he didn't like that, huh? He said, "Oh, I haven't heard anything about the NBA. All I know is that their ratings are down. Like you know how condescending." <laughs> and it's funny because you're the pettiest president ever. 
Like very pre like very petty. And it's crazy because this is saying God I wants a black vote, but when you know a black is killed, it's oh yeah, ratings down or it's oh yeah, police have to do a better job or we have to get guns out the street. Or, that. He just says law and order because you know he sees people out there in the streets protesting and so sometimes stuff gets set on fire, but you know, those things are replaceable, but you know that's what he cares about. Isn't. Yeah, that's what he cares about. He rather, you know, the economy when when a black man is killed, it don't, it don't matter. It's the economy this, the economy that, you know? And that's that's what it's been, and that's what we've been used for used to for the last couple of years, and it's sad. At the same time, while I was thinking about I'm watching like the players make the decisions, I'm like, all right. Sure, you can cancel the season and not play and et cetera. But what is going to get America to change at the end of the day? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people yesterday when these guys sat out, a lot of people were questioning, oh, like, oh, were they, what are they going to accomplish? Are they going to do this for um, a long amount of time? Like, how, how long are they going to sit out? And I, I, was, I was actually preparing myself for, you know, these guys to – sit out for about like a couple of weeks couple or something you know couple months, yeah, couple weeks, right? I, I was expecting that and i was like you know because a lot of these a lot of people don't realize a lot of these owners they're in the, the, these politicians pockets how do you think these arenas get built and whatnot they they talk to their local politicians and they get the money funding to um to build those arenas so they have connections you got a whole bunch of owners that are donors of trump you got, to make um, it short, though, to make it short, anybody rich is in connection with anybody rich. Therefore, these politicians, yeah. they need the money, and they know where to get the money from. And a lot of these owners are the ones that are funding these politicians. So, if you if you if you know if you don't know why these players are sitting out, or like why they could have sat out longer, and how it would have affected, um, like policy and whatnot, if these if these owners are losing a grave amount of money over a certain period of time because their players are sitting out. They're eventually going to have to listen to what their players have to say in order to get their players to play, in order to, for them to get some bread in their pocket. Mm -hmm. So they would have to make necessary phone calls. And we saw yesterday, I commend the Bucks. they, they contacted um, the Attorney General of Wisconsin and the Deputy um, Governor, and they spoke with them about like what, what's the process and like what's going to happen and like what they can do and whatnot. So they were taking like actual steps not just like sitting out and sitting in the locker room and doing nothing, but they actually like went out and did something with the time that they took during when they were supposed to actually be playing. Which is beautiful. So fast forward to last night, we actually got a lot of, last night was actually one of the most confusing nights on Twitter, probably in a while, like in NBA Twitter, because it was like, there was one report of this, one report of that. We had um, players going on social media saying, like, where did you get this information from? This is cap, da 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 da. It's like you didn't know what was fact and, like, what was actually true, what was not true. Like, it, it felt like there was, like, so many different sources. And I saw one person, they said that it seems like a lot of different players are giving their media, their NBA media source, their version of what happened in the meeting and whatnot. But from the gist of things, like, especially from this morning, it seems like Woj, Woj said that the Bucks kind of got jumped in the meeting because everybody was like, "Why did like why didn't you guys consult with everybody else about like how to take a united front?" But the Bucks were like, "You know, we just decided to um, do this out of the blue, and mm -hmm. like it wasn't something that was planned. It wasn't something that was talked about." And a lot of people were like, "Oh, you know, who was who was probably leading this charge?" And it said there was tensions between. LeBron and Giannis, because I guess LeBron was one of the main people that was, like, asking, like, why didn't you guys um, ask us about, what, like, what to do or and whatnot. You get a different opinion. I think LeBron probably wanting the focus to be on him, I guess, to be for him to be the, the leader of this movement, I guess. But, you know, I mean, we, we got last night that um, both LA teams um, took a poll. They, like, they polled everybody in the room and they basically wanted to figure out like where these players were at, like where did they, where, if they want to continue or not. And it was very shocking last night when the news came out that it was like both LA teams had voted on like not finishing the season and just like scrapping it. 
but then they all reconvened this morning and they decided that it was best that they continue to use their platform to continue to raise awareness for these issues. And they actually spoke with the owners as well. And they decide and they, they put more pressure on the owners to actually like be more proactive. Don't just set up like, cause you know, they set up this $300, this $300 million fund, but it's like, um, it's like 1 million per team for over 10 years. And that that's like bare minimum for what these owners could really actually contribute. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, How I see it. I heard about the different meetings and stuff. I mean, they're wrong for trying to make, make it seem like LeBron wants to be this leader and et cetera. And even if he wanted to be that leader, I don't see the problem. I think the problem is like, we're all supposed to be united in this. So even if the Bucks did decide to do it out of the blue, you should be be, be behind them 100%. That's fair. So it came, it, fair. It, it came out like it's, it made it seem like they attacked them for it when they should just be like, you know, we commend you guys for doing this and we'll stand behind you and continue and whatnot. But it was more of like, you know, why did you guys do this without telling us, blah, blah, blah. But Giannis When you say like that, it just sounds like a big misunderstanding. Probably. And then Jalen Brown, you know how Jalen Brown is. He also stepped up for the Bucks, saying, like, you know, what they did was right and whatnot. Um, one thing also about um, Jalen Brown in this meeting is that Jalen Brown mentioned how, like, okay, if we do go home, are you guys just going to sit home and relax with your families? Or are you going to be out there in the trenches, like, protesting and, like, doing exactly. what you need That's to a do? good question. Exactly. So he that's the question that he asked. And that's what I was wondering. I'm thinking to myself, okay, yeah, I could, you could protest, you know, you could sit down. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, once you protest, you're not on television anymore, right? So now you, you have to rely on social media to get your points out. And, you know, the people, I mean, LeBron James probably has the most followings, I think, out of all the athletes. So, of course, LeBron's message to get out. But what about everyone's message, you know? But I mean, like, so at the same time, I was just thinking, like, okay, you want, you want, to, you want to prove a point? But how so? Like, what are you going to do? Okay, you're going to cancel the season. You're going to sit out and you're going to wear a shirt. You're going to protest. What's next? What's 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 next? You know? Exactly. And That's how I see it. About. Exactly. How I seen it was like, okay, sure you could do all of that. But why? I, I felt like they should have finished the season. And I'd rather them finish the season and then like withhold on the next season, you know? And be like, all right, we won't start this next season until this is done. Or this and that is done. Yeah. And that would make sense to me because at the same time, while you want to get the message out, you don't want to hold back your own money. Like, that was I understand. one of the concerns of um, sitting out the rest of the season. It could lead to a lockout for the next season. Exactly. And I know it's more than money. At the same time, this is their job, and that's how they support their families and their kids, you know? So you got to consider that. And they already went a few months without basketball. And I, I'm pretty sure a lot of them lost a lot of money already because Probably. of that. So it's and like, okay. Next year, in, in the because in, the salary cap is going to decrease. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, salary cap is going to be different next year. It's going to be a different free agency going on. So, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens after Corona, even though we don't know what's going on, you know. We don't even know when Corona is going to end. We have no yeah. idea. But um, yes. like I was saying, mm-hmm. oh, like I was saying, like I just want to know what's the next step. What are these players gonna do to get this, you know, their points across and justice? Because these messages on the court is cute and all, and you know, we see it, yeah. and we can read it all day. But as we see, it's not making a difference. Yeah. Um. One of the main points that um, I guess, uh, was um the points of today's meetings with especially the owners. Um, and today, like, a tweet from Shams reads, um, in, NBA, in NBA players' owners meeting, players challenged owners to be proactive, not reactive, to social justice changes, create actions, not um, simply financial commitments. And the NBA slash the NBA Players Association will create a new program to work on player-created initiatives on a daily basis. Um, they could be announcing a direct action plan that includes a push for police accountability, voting registration, and support for the George Floyd bill. Um, Michael Jordan was also a key factor in these meetings earlier today. I heard about that. 
he spoke to the owners and he was like basically coming to them not as a um owner or former player but as a black man he was trying to talk with them about listening to the players not just always having something to say back to them so there's that i just Uh, find it difficult to believe that these same players that are making you billions of dollars have to you know beg you to stand up for them yeah um my last note on this, because I do actually want to talk about some of the games that did happen because we do have some games that are coming out um, over the weekend. So we, we will get to games in a minute. My last statement about like the whole strike thing. Um, I said, all in all, this is not the players' jobs to fix these social issues that, um, that are taking place. Um, it's, to, it's a tax for these local and federal governments who have failed us time and time again and probably will continue to fail us. Um, I also said I, I was fine with the notion that the players, like, even if they didn't, even if they didn't take, even if they didn't play for, like, some other reason as, like, as needing a psychological break or, like, a mental break because having, being cooped up in the bubble, they haven't seen their families in over a month. They're finally going to be able to see their families on Monday. Um seeing another shooting with no family around to comfort them or to talk to them about anything, it can be mentally tasking. So these guys deserve at least that sort of like break from not playing basketball. Cause I mean, there's more important things going on and it affects these players on um, mental health. I mean, we saw Paul George after he had the good game, he spoke about how the bubble was getting to him in a mental aspect of like, he was feeling anxiety and whatnot. And maybe, maybe, maybe it's an excuse. Like some people, um, um, some people selfishly think, but that's legitimately a concern. And that was legitimately a concern in the beginning of all this was like, how is this going to be on the player's mental health? These guys are in this place for months and months and months, and they haven't seen their families, and they're finally going to be able to see their families. But you can only imagine how they feel mentally at this point. So, yeah. I am glad that they are going to be playing, though, because, I mean, they still, I mean, them playing still gives them a chance to still continue to talk about these issues when they're done and whatnot. So, yeah. I just need, it's so confusing because at the same time, while they had, you know, this platform, et cetera, I just want to know what more they can do to make change, like. If, I don't know because politics, of course, will have to play a part. Mm-hmm, definitely, politics and sports don't mix properly, as we can see. And they try to mix it; it don't work out. And that's what we're trying right now. And you know, politicians don't want—they don't want athletes talking because they know athletes play a big part, you know, in everyday lives. And we know for sure if if LeBron James will come out and say, "Yo, everyone go vote for Biden," these LeBron fans. Would jump and Biden, Biden's polls will go up right away, right away. You know, so I feel like that's that's one reason why they don't want to mix celebrities and athletes with politics because it won't be fair to a certain extent. At the same time, it's like, what is there to do? As much as we could sit here and be like, oh, we got to stop racism and etc. These cops. Is something they got to be reformed. They got to be training. There has to be something done. There has to be like I don't know what more they could be done. Like these days, I've seen some of the worst people I know become cops. You know, so it's like, how do you stop this? How do you stop a cop from being racist? You know, stuff like that. And I feel like that shouldn't be the NBA's players. Like that's sh- like like you said, that shouldn't be something they're responsible to do. But at the same time, who is gonna do it if they don't? Right, it's sad that it took these um these players um taking like a stand for them to actually like get some attention. We noticed that um also the WNBA the WNBA has always been huge on activism. They've always stood up for what they believe is right, and like they've had Maya Moore. She took seasons off trying to get people um the like either out of jail or like reduce sentences and whatnot. So. 
like the WNBA is always doing their part. We had some MLB games. Um, a lot of their a lot of their um games didn't even happen because they, the players decided to follow the NBA suit. And same thing with some MLS games. So we see that the NBA plays a huge role in like influencing a lot of other places and what they do. That you're right about that. The influence for sure is the, out there. I feel like if the NBA never did that, those other leagues would have never did that. They would oh, play their games. They said, oh, yeah, we're here for our money, you know? So I can respect. I see. Okay. When you when you put it like that, I can see the influence. The influence is definitely heavy, for sure. One thing that also concerns me, though, is some people still haven't said a word, you know? I feel like some owners haven't said a word. All they said was, okay, we're going to donate money. Yeah, that, and that's and that's what LeBron and them were pressuring them about. Like, you can't just come out here with these blanket statements or these financial commitments. We want you to actually do more. So like, yes, like, I understand you donating money, right? Mm-hmm. But the same, how I feel like the donating money is like, okay, I'm just gonna do this so you guys don't bother me anymore. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because that's the same money they make probably in one day or after one game, you know. So it's like. It's not like they're donating a lot of money. I mean, okay, it's a lot of money compared to, you know, probably a regular person's pocket or salary. Yes, I understand. But to them, it's not a lot of money. And also how I see it is like, okay, you're donating money. What is this money being used for? Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, they did set up that social justice um, fund for $300 million over 10 years to um, get used towards social justice, I guess. I don't even know, like, charities. I don't know specifically what it is because I didn't really look into it all that much. So I can't really detail that right now. So that's all I can say on that. But that's all I know of it. But that's something that's been confusing me. Because, yes, all right, you're donating this money to, to Black Lives Matters causes, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, I really want to see the results. Where is the money being used? Is it working? Are, are, is that company even using the money properly? Is there reports? Is there any receipts of this money being used? Like, I want to know what this money is doing. All this money they're donating, what is it being used for? What is it going towards? For all you know, they could be funding these police, you know? Like, this money could be going anywhere, and we don't have any proof yet, you know? Here's a verbal commitment. Yeah, I'm going to um, donate $50 million to Black Lives Matter causes. All right, and what what is that fifty million being used for? Is it helping black schools? Is it helping black neighborhoods? Like I don't know what is really helping. Like that's what I really want to know. So at the same time, these owners owe more than a little money. They need to go speak to these politicians. Cause here we are, months later, and we st- we still do not have the arrest of Brianna Taylor's killer. Like, come on, bro. That's, that's another story. That that, that's crazy to me. Mind you, they arrested her boyfriend, I heard the other day, if that's true. I heard they arrested her boyfriend. Excellent. But they cannot arrest someone who killed an innocent young lady. Like, the Attorney General over there is like, he was at the Republican National Convention this week, so you already know what side he's And he look, he's still outside walking around like everything's sweet. And he, I don't know. I don't know what is there to do. I feel like these the team owners at one point have to say, put their foot down and say, yo, we're not going to fund you if you're not going to help our players, bro. And I feel like that's what the NBA wants. That's what LeBron and I are trying to do. They're trying to get these, these owners to say, okay, we're not going to sit here and help you if you can't help our people, you know? These pe- like The same black people they're killing are the same black people making them billions of dollars, you know? So you got to pick, pick and choose. Like, are you going to support your money or are you going to just keep spending it and keep earning money while this, you know, BS goes on. Totally, totally agree. Um, switching gears to a lighter note, let's talk some hoops. We got, yeah. what do we got here? Whew. Um, Giannis wins Defensive Player of the Year. Probably going to win MVP. I, I tweeted out. I showed. I, I sent you guys a tweet in the group chat of the, mm. all the players, all the people that voted on the award, and it's basically Giannis by a landslide, the MVP. So he's going to get the MVP this year. It's going to be back to back, first time since Steph. Um, what else? 
First player, um, he's only going to be the third player ever to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same season, putting him with the likes of Olajuwon and Michael Jordan. So, very, very elite company. He is also the only player to ever win Most Improved Player, MVP, and Defensive Player of the Year in their career. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he has, he has a couple championships to this resume. This is like an all-time resume right now. Now his resume, he definitely, he definitely valid in the Hall of Fame ballot for sure. Oh, at twenty, sure. at twenty five years old, at that, like that's amazing. Definitely could be in a goat conversation very soon coming up. He still has to, you know, get farther in the playoffs and do some more work and get a better jump shot. But he's definitely coming up in those areas, and I think he definitely deserved the um, defensive player of the year because. When I think about a defender who could literally guard anybody in the NBA, it's Giannis. Yeah. A lot, of people are like, a lot of people are like, oh, AD, he had more steals than blocks. I mean, if you're still looking at steals and blocks for Defensive Player of the Year, then Hassan Whiteside and James Harden should have been competing for um, Defensive Player of the Year this year. Because James Harden led the league in steals, and Hassan Whiteside led the league in blocks. And Hassan Whiteside is one of the poorest defenders in the NBA. He gets blocks because he's tall and he stands in the paint. He's a good weak side defender, mm-hmm. but he's a horrible like one on one defending his man in the post and whatnot. And could just go on and on about Hassan Whiteside and how he's not. A and player. that's the thing about sports, right? When it comes to sports, and if you're just watching stats, you know, you be a box score watcher. Yeah, if you're a box score watcher, you can't sit there and debate sports with me. That's, like, that's a lot of these dudes online, though. That's a lot and of that's the problem. A lot of my box score watches, and they do not watch basketball. They don't watch what happens on the court. They don't even analyze it to see, like, what's going on specifically on the court, like, what, like who's doing what on the court and how, to, how it affects all these other different actions that are going on. Like, you don't see, like, why this person set this screen for this person, where it's mm-hmm. able to. Exactly. You don't see that. You don't get stats. A lot of people don't watch the the game like that. A lot of people just watch the box score. And the highlights. Highlights. And they think they know the game off rip. You don't. And the highlight watches upset me because when you watch the highlights, you're literally just watching every shot that went in. You're not watching all the misses and all the other stuff. You're not seeing the, the six air balls he shot before that shot. You're not seeing the the missed free throws he missed. You're not seeing... The, not, the picks that, you know... were unsuccessful, but, like, they, 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 it was a good play that was ran. You're not seeing any of that stuff. Like, you know how much times I've seen plays that were not finished, that were beautiful? Exactly. That, was, that could have been highlights? But you wouldn't know that because you're a highlight watcher, and at the same time, some of these NBA players literally get paid for stuff they don't do. Like, come on. They get paid for stuff they do on the court that no one else would know about. Like, there's some plays that, like, for example, I know we clown him a lot, and you know, not a big fan of him. But Kyle Lowry, for example, mm-hmm. a play like Kyle Lowry, what he does in our court is not seen on his stat. I mean, of course, he has decent stats. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but he does more than just get a point and assist. Like, he leads that team for that Toronto team. He leads that team. He does extra plays, extra hustle. He guards the, the hard place to guard. He's not, he not scared to guard anybody. Like, And you would never know that, you know? At the same time, we disrespect Kyle Lowry just because, you know, for jokes. we have our reasons. It's for jokes, basically. For jokes, have our reasons. At the same time, he's, he's a respectable player at the same time. Like, he gets a job done. He's six feet. Don't, let's not forget, he's six feet and he's a starting point guard still. Mm-hmm. So... He was he was someone that's actually a late bloomer too. Like he he had his struggles early on. I think was it for Memphis? sure. Memphis his earlier teams, right? Yeah, it was like Memphis, and then he was on the Rockets, and then he finally ended up um, here in Toronto. Like that's where he really blossomed. So props to Kyle Lowry. I know we joke on him all the time, but he's like really actually a, a good player, and he's key for that Toronto team and why they're actually successful this year. So so yeah, at the same time, anybody that wants to sit there and say, "Oh, Hassan." Harden, yes, they do. Stats, I mean, stats do play a part. But you got to realize, there's still other stats, like how much do people average against you? Yeah, stuff like, like that. Like how how people finish at the rim against you. Against Giannis you, exactly. Had, Giannis had the lowest field goal percentage allowed at the rim. 
for the whole season. But players would not, you would not know that unless you really go look at the stats or watch him play, you know? Like, you okay. got you to gotta realize, yes, Harden can average 10 steals per game. But if his man averaged 50 points against him, how can you get defensive player of the year? All right, so I have here all the defensive, like, stats and, like, who's the top person in each of them. Defensive blocks, box plus minus, Giannis. Defensive um, effect, Giannis. Defensive player impact plus minus, Giannis. Defensive points saved per 100 possessions, Giannis. Defensive Raptor, that's a, that's a new stat that came out recently, I believe, Giannis. Defensive rating, Giannis. Defensive real plus minus, Giannis. Defensive regularized adjusted plus minus, Giannis. Defensive win share, Giannis. On-off rating, Giannis. Opponent field goal percentage, Giannis. Opponent field goal percentage at rim, Giannis. Total points saved, Giannis. Versatility rating, Giannis. So as you can see, clear winner for defensive player of the year. <laughs> Very clear. Like his opponents average the least against him in the paint. Come on, clear winner. And come on. In the NBA. I mean, 88 was close with 80, but it wasn't that close, I don't think. Don't get me wrong. 80 definitely could have won that too. He could have won that respectfully. Probably. But in another year, if he had put up those different stats in a different year against like someone else, he would have definitely won it. For sure. But at the same time, Giannis is doing his thing. Getting even defensive rebounding, he's doing well on that, you know. Yeah, he goes crazy on the boards. So he's playing his part. So I can respect um, that. Congrats, congrats to Giannis for winning Defensive Player of the Year, and most right. likely the MVP. Oh, for sure, the MVP. It's on the lock at this point. But um, injury news: Chris Stapps Porzingis out again. Knee soreness. Yuck. These are the concerns that Knicks fans have warned the whole league, and especially Mavericks fans when they got him. They were so hyped. And I was like, are you sure you guys want to be so hyped giving this guy $160 million, basically? And he's not going to play a majority of this season. And what's even more concerning is that we just got off, like, what, a four-month break from the NBA, and you're still dealing with knee problems? Yeah. That's an issue. And that's... That's what I was kind of concerned about. So I'm like, bro, you had a couple months, a couple months to rest that knee, ice your knee. Cup, like you had not more than a couple months, more than enough months, you know? Yeah. I understand if you're coming fresh off the season, you're coming fresh off a break from sports, you know? So at the same time, and not to mention, you're, you're playing less games in the bubbles than I, get, I think you would have played in a regular season at that. So it was like, don't get me wrong. Everyone's human. So I'm not going to act like he's not human, but at, you're getting paid, you know? So is that is your knee really that sore? How bad are you? Like, I don't I don't understand. Especially when your, your team needs you the most. I think that there's something on the MRI that they're not telling us. And it's very possible. It, because, like, Luca's out there playing on one leg, basically. The ankle. And I, I think that um, if if it, if it wasn't that serious, Porzingis probably would have played. But it must be something serious to the point where it's keeping him from coming onto the basketball court and playing. So, yeah, as usual, I feel like they keep it something from us that, I mean, probably we don't need to know. Because I feel like other teams hear about injuries too at the same time and they take advantage of it. So it's iffy, but. Obviously, there's something more than that need. I feel like in the playoffs is the time where things like soreness, you let pass. Yeah. Unless you're coming from, like, serious, like, physical therapy from, like, a serious injury from before. A little soreness is like, okay, I could play still. So, it got to be bigger than some soreness. It got to be bigger than that for sure. For sure. All right. So, we got Elton Brand. He said that he will not trade Joel or Ben. He wants to look to compliment the team. Compliment them with a better teammate. Okay. Who? Like, he, that's all he said so far. So, I mean, we can only assume that he means that he looks to probably try to trade either maybe Harris or Horford for some shooters. 
I don't know who takes either of those te- either of those two with the contracts that they have. Unless you're like really desperate or something. In the postseason but... they just had. <laughs> exactly. Um, that seventy sixers team. I don't. I don't see. To me, injuries has always been the main problem over there. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's like you want to pair them up with who? I thought this team this year was pretty decent, but obviously I was wrong. I was obviously wrong. Then again, Ben was missing, and he's the biggest part of that team to me right now because clearly they cannot guard anybody without Ben on the court. At the same time, yes, you could pair them up, but is Ben going to, you know, evolve is as you can see Embiid is is evolving into that center that the league needs to see him as but it's Ben gonna evolve like you're saying I don't want to trade Ben or Embiid I don't see why not trade Ben and see what you could get for Ben though you know I feel like Ben and Embiid okay as much as it, uh, it looks beautiful on paper and whatever Embiid is playing with a uh, point guard who cannot shoot. So it's like, I like the move that he did and put him and um, Ben at power forward. I like that move. But you can't have Shake, who's a two guard, and you're masquerading. Yeah. At the same time, you got a two guard running your point guard. So it's like, who you don't have no true. Po- the only true point guard you have is that power forward, and he cannot shoot the ball, and he's literally he's he's a liability on the court. So it's like, okay, you want to keep Ben, you want to keep Joel. But you still have that liability. No matter what you get, you will always have that liability on the court. So I think it's more than just keeping them, and it's more about training and getting getting Ben and then beat into proper shape, you know? I don't know what else they need to do to get them in shape, but it's like you guys literally just got swept. And this is a, this is a team that was considered to go to the finals before the year started, and you got swept. Yes, I understand Simmons is a big part of your team. But you got swept, bro. Yep. You even get one game. Not even one. Not one, not two, not three, not nothing, bro. And um, speaking of teams that got swept, Pacers, they decided to fire Nick McMillan. Um, I don't think this firing was fair because I feel like um, – I feel like McMillan has been what I, one thing I didn't like about the Pacers statement is that they included his playoff record, which is three and sixteen, but they don't mention how he had to deal with either his best player or like a couple of his players dealing with injury. His team was never fully healthy these last couple years, especially. That's true. He didn't have Oladipo, I think, last postseason. Yeah, got injured. Did he get injured during postseason? No, After he he's wilding? Anyway. Right. Oh, yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. In January, they got swept by Boston. Um, the year before, he had Victor Oladipo take the Cavs to seven. That's pretty commendable, I believe. Mm-hmm. When you're going against LeBron, I mean, that's like... The, that's yeah, like that's some, pretty... That, yeah, that's one of the LeBron best outcomes you can hope for. That's LeBron fighting. James. He, he run the East. You, you know, come on. You got to respect that. And then this postseason, Oladipo is recovering from the quad injury, so he's not fully 100%. And then you got Sabonis, who's not even – he didn't even get to play. And I feel yeah. like that's unfair. Like, this guy hasn't had a fully healthy team in, like, the past two years. And the, the time that he did have a good team, he took one of the best players in the league or the best player in the league, depending on who you ask, to seven games. And I feel like these couple of last years, his roster was better. Especially this year, unfortunately, he had Sabonis out, and then he also had Jeremy Lamb, a key scorer off the bench, out too. And then you had Old Depot not playing. So, I mean, a lot of people are saying like coaches of color in the league—they're definitely judged to. Uh, they definitely held to uh, their leash. Their leash is a little bit shorter than coaches that are white, especially a coach who I think deserves to be fired. Terry Stotts of Portland Children. I, I think a lot of Portland fans want him going to as well. That man can get no one on his team to play defense. So, <laughs> I don't know. And I, 
it's it's crazy because as a, I feel like coaches don't get fair treatment. Even when Dwayne Casey got fired, bro, yeah, that Dwayne blew my mind. Good. That blew my mind. How you gonna fight a coach of the year? That year, and it's crazy because they don't be considering like yo, bro. You he had to coach against LeBron James, bro. Or like that's why I feel like even that's they. they the West, they understand, like, that's why D'Antoni is still the Rockets coach. They're like, yo, bro, you've been losing to the best team in the West. So it's like, we can't be mad at you. But even the East, like, they got rid of Dwayne Casey because they lost that series. Not to, not to, not to mention, he had the best, I think they had the best record that season. And he put against the toughest player in his conference who, go, who went to the finals nine straight times, bro. So you got to really question, is it the coach or, you know, as much as you want to coach against LeBron and tell your place to stop LeBron, it's not going to happen. Well, one thing about McMillan, I don't think that he will be out of a job for too long. So I have coach, coaching openings right now in the league. Got the Sixers looking for a coach, Pacers, the Bulls, Pelicans, Nets, all teams looking for um, a coach right now. So he could be in, he could be lined up for one of those jobs, possibly Pelicans maybe. Uh-huh. Bulls, I don't know. Sixers, who knows? There's five jobs openings. I still um, don't think Luke Walton should be a coach, but... Who? Luke Walton. Yeah, the Kings, who knows? They they got rid of their, their GM. Their GM and assistant GM both stepped down, and maybe this new person that comes in, maybe he'll want his own coach. Who knows? Uh-huh. So, for the Kings, who so, with that? Um... Mid, uh, Jamal Murray, so he had 50 <laughs> points one <laughs> night, and then next game followed it up with 42. And that was <laughs> these two performances came after I criticized him for being inconsistent. So I guess I continue to criticize him, or like do I praise him, and then he goes back to scoring 13. Not cause, not continue because I want the Nuggets to win that series. So continue. A lot of people want Denver in seven. I called. I called. I called, I called Denver in six. I think. Yeah, I call I Denver in seven myself. It has to be Denver in seven at this point. But, but Donovan Mitchell is pissing me off. Yo, he's been going off. Like, he's been killing. Yeah, like, respect. I mean, shout out to him because last I remember last year, he definitely sold that one game. So he's, he's, he's been making it up. He sold a lot, but, like, I, like, I don't know. I feel like he just got better this year. Like, that, I feel like he just got better – over the course of like the break too. Like, yeah, I think that's what it was. That's what I was about to say. I feel like a, a, a lot of players they took this time off from basketball to get better, and you can see that in their games. But like, there was no way for him to actually really like legitimately get better, like in the things that he needed to get better in. Because like his thing was like being more patient when like defenses press him, and like being more patient in finding the open man and letting the game come to him. There's no way to really like practice something like that in the, the 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 conditions that we were all in under the the lockdown and the quarantine and whatnot so i don't know how he got better at doing that during the the, the, the time off but i mean kudos to him because he looks sometimes like i don't think it's getting better i don't feel like it's getting better sometimes sometimes it gets to be getting accustomed because for example can we say luca got better than last year or he got accustomed to the NBA, um, you, you can make the argument that he did get better, depending on like what numbers spiked, like efficiency and stuff like that, spiked up a little bit or not. That's how I, I see it. Someone like Luca is really hard to say if they got better because he was legitimately doing stuff like this overseas, and um, that's what I'm saying. Exactly what I'm trying to say. So people are saying, "Oh, you could say Luca got better, or you could say and say, oh, Luca's uh, adjusting to the NBA.'" So I feel like some players start to adjust and their games. For example, Michael Porter. I feel like mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr. always had that talent. He was just never adjusted to the game, and now that he's getting adjusted, next year he's gonna be he's gonna be dangerous. He's gonna be sure. dangerous. Speaking of him, glad you brought him up. He has been a target of Utah's um, um, offense for this whole series. Whenever they see Michael Porter Jr. They, their eyes light up. They go into attack mode on offense, especially Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, he's always looking to get the switch onto Michael Porter Jr. because he knows as soon 
as he gets Michael Porter Jr. on him, he knows the bucket instantly. And but Donovan Mitchell's been fortunate to be able to do this in a lot of series. I don't know if you you probably remember, of course, against OKC his rookie year. Mm-hmm. One person that he attacked in pick and roll all the time, Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> and he scored on Melo almost every single time. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell has a tendency to do this. Like he likes to hunt for like the weakest defender on the team and he will go at that person constantly. And that's what I'm saying. That's what you call getting used to the NBA. Because yeah. as a as a rookie, you know, early in your career, you might not know, you know, better. You might just go you wanna prove yourself, so you start going, you try to go score on Kawhi and PG and all that. When in reality, you should be waiting for the switch on Reggie Jackson to get a step back three in his face at Luka Doncic, you know? So it's like, that's what I mean, getting accustomed and, you know, getting used to the NBA and realizing, like, yo, bro, if someone short, if someone short than me, guarding me, I should kill him, you know? I should, uh, if someone told him he was on me. Like, someone just is weak defensively. Like, Michael Porter Jr. looks like he's had no reps on defense. I mean, that's partially due to his injury, also due to Michael Malone not playing him enough during the regular season, which a lot of people have complained about because, like, there was a lot of games where he played, like, less than 20 minutes or so. Can you blame him? Do I blame who? You cannot blame Michael. You can't blame the coach for that, though. The coach for not playing him? Yeah. I I, I wouldn't have played him either. You should have played safe or, like... Yeah, because at the same time, don't forget, this is a potential franchise player. So you want to get him adjusted properly, like, Realize when he's playing well, that Nuggets team look unstoppable when he's playing well. So it's like, meanwhile, while you want to say yes, you can say, oh, you didn't play him enough. I mean, can you blame him, though, especially with the history in his family? Well, I mean, mean, yeah, the the history with his health and whatnot is very concerning. But, I mean, at the same time, now that you're giving him these reps, he's being exposed to this defense that's just, just killing him. And you can't afford to keep him out there in times that you actually might need him because of his offensive skills are so so valuable to your team when your team is like is shorthanded with guys like Will Barton and Gary Harris out. You have no choice but to rely on um, Michael Porter Jr. as your third scoring option. Thank God that he's your th- your third scoring option at this point. Mm-hmm. But like you can't keep him on the floor for as long as you might want to because he's such a liability defensively. Just like Isaiah Thomas was. Yeah, but like good coaches, they also know how to hide their weakest defenders on a team. With very a true, defenders. Denver is not a team that's really specifically strong defensively. Two of their better perimeter defenders are actually out with injury. And I'm saying that for sure. Back. That sucks. So, that sucks because this series would have been different. Of I don't course. think Donovan Mitchell would have been dropping fifty points like that. Probably not with Gary Harris on him, and you know, Will Barton bothering him. Yeah, for sure. But it sucks that, you know, they're not available right now. And it happens, you know. Injuries happen and et cetera. But you got to take that into, into account. Like, yo, some some of these teams are missing players, et cetera. And people like Michael Porter Jr. are forced to step up. And when you're a rookie like that, I feel like he still has – he's going to learn. He definitely has all the tools to learn. It's just that in his, like, in his playing career – He's been offense, you know. He's been, you want you want a bucket, give it to me. He's never been out, get a stop, and you you know go to me. So right. it's something he could definitely learn. Thanks, thanks. Um, um, last thing I'm about to say for Mitchell and Murray, they've been dueling, and they are direct proof that when like you're looking at a guard in the draft, definitely. Take a chance on those guys that show that slight glimpse of like upside because taking um Utah took a chance on um Donovan Mitchell. They they traded up with um a player in their twenty fourth pick and got up to thirteen and took him. And a lot of people are like, Who's this Donovan Mitchell kid? And then boom, here he is now. Look at him. Murray was a good a good guard at um Kentucky, but like he showed glimpses of like what he could become, but no one probably saw him doing what he's doing right now. So mm-hmm. when you type of guards in the draft, especially when I'm talking about like a team like my Knicks, you see any guard with a glimpse that they can be like a primary creator, especially off the dribble, you take that chance. You see, but the Knicks just be picking off highlights. I don't know what the Knicks be picking off. 
the Knicks just be like, okay, I, I, um, Knicks haven't had a strong front office, <laughs> and I feel like they finally built a strong front office this past this past offseason. So I will see who they draft. I have high hopes on who they draft, but we'll see. Yeah, that that Frank pick still doesn't make sense yet. Um, it doesn't. It would have made sense if they picked him a little bit later in the draft. Yeah, but that Frank pick defender and whatnot, but doesn't make sense anymore. The Porzingis pick was a gamble, and you see how that worked out. But yeah, Kevin Knox still waiting on him. He's still pretty young. I'm older than Kevin. I I think Knox. We gotta give him a chance. I think Knox definitely has it in him to be that player. For the he, he just doesn't have the motor. And he, tell him to stop watching Paul George highlights. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's got to stop watching Paul George. Yeah, he, he... Speaking of Paul George, finally had a good game after all these struggles. Had 33, and we kind of spoke about a little bit him talking about like mental health and how that took a toll on him. So hopefully he's got this behind him. We can see the real Paul George now, the one that we see every regular season. Hopefully start to see it more for the rest of the series because as you can see when him and Kawhi come out in full force the game is over within minutes because he came out aggressive to start this game and then by the time it got to by the end of the first quarter the game was basically done because like if you're watching the rest of the game it was a blowout at that point so yeah it's disgusting out there so when when Paul George is really on his stuff like this series could have been done a while ago honestly yeah. But because of his struggles and then Luca taking advantage of his matchups against Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris defending him, um, that's another thing I, I also want to talk about. Um, Kawhi and Paul George were the primary defenders on Luca in this game. So I don't know if Doc Rivers finally decided to use his brain and decide, hey, let me put my two best defenders on Luka Doncic to bother him early on in the game so he doesn't get a rhythm wrong. Yeah, some things just some decisions that coaches make bother me. It bothers me because I would think, I think as a regular basketball player and fan, it's like okay, it only makes sense to put Luca and Paul George on him for the entire series. But no, we went to the last game to see that happen. Yeah, like why was I still? I still I'm still upset that Reggie Jackson was guarding him that last play. I'm still upset about that, bro. Because like. As a coach, you as a coach in our in our huddle, you should say your Kawhi, no matter what happens, stay on him. No matter stay on him, no matter what happens. So it's like, yo, bro, adjustments, I feel like that should have took place already, don't be happening. I guess coaches be having a reason, but it's it's hurting them in the long run and the fans can see it. Like we can see when coaches are not, do, not doing their job. It's clear it's clear to people who watch basketball. So it's like these coaches need to step it up. Doc Rivers is someone I expected to know better than that. He's a championship coach. And Kawhi and Paul George should have been on Luka to begin with. He's been getting exposed a lot. But we will see. Games are allegedly supposed to start back up Saturday. We will be back on Sunday having that episode up for you on Monday talking about the weekend's games and whatever else news happens in the NBA. Make sure you guys check out all the links in the show notes. We've got the podcast website, the blog, Twitter page, and the Instagram page. Make sure y'all follow those. Make sure y'all leave a rating if y'all enjoyed. Review, whatever. Subscribe. And we'll catch y'all on Monday. Good night.